Welcome to the Be More Happy Show. I'm your host, Morris Chasson, confidence coach for bold introverts. I help introverts overcome fear and maximize their performance so they can excel in extroverted careers feeling good about themselves. On this episode, I have my friend Georgia. We talk a little bit about everything. This podcast will be in two parts. Mostly in this episode, we're, we're talking about just how becoming more self-aware and being more empathetic and understand ourselves better generally as well. I hope you guys enjoy this one. This one is jam-packed full of life knowledge. <laughs> so here we go. I was saying like as a kid, I was around a lot of adults because they would always be like, oh, you're so mature for your age. And now that I'm a parent, I understand that even if a child is so mature for their age, they shouldn't be involved in adult conversation and you should watch what you say around them. But back then, nobody thought like that. So I got to hang out with my mom and her friends all the time who were going through life-changing adult things and I'd pick up on it and be like, okay, I don't want to do, I don't want to be like this. Okay. I do admire this. I don't like this. And I would kind of listen to them, give each other advice. Even if it was advice that they wouldn't listen to themselves, I would kind of pick up on it. You know, like, you know how you'll be giving advice to someone, but it's still something you're working on and you should also (laughs) take your own advice. Absolutely. And so I think growing up tidbits like that kind of sunk in. And I realized how strong women had to be in this world very early on. And I think seeing these women go through these really hard things made me realize that I'm going to be able to do really hard things too. And it made me more confident because even though they were struggling, they were still succeeding. And even Mm -hmm. whenever they would fall flat on their face, they would get back up. Like, you know, one one of my mom's friends lost a kid and it's like, you don't think they're ever going to come back from that. And then you get to see them kind of grieve through it. And the same thing with my grandparents. My uncle died when I was in third grade and I had to watch them kind of grieve him and go through it. And I got to watch how they process it and dealt with it. And so I got exposure to being able to push through things very early on. And that made me more confident and made me kind of realize how short life is, how small this world is very early on. Like my grandma always told me, like, people are constantly dealing with bad things. Just everyone finds peace in different places. And it's just about finding your peace and not judging for other people, not judging other people about where they find theirs, even if it's not healthy. Like people are just people. That's awesome. I swear, like, I think girls, women are just, I don't know. <laughs> I hate to say it. But like, just fucking smarter than guys. You know what I mean? Like superior. Like intuition. Oh yeah. You know, Witches. like just paying attention, and you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because me personally, like, I don't remember like my mom lost two kids while I was growing up, but I don't remember like paying so, attention. So, but to while that. your mom lost two kids, you lost so the, two siblings. Yeah, yeah, but for me, like, it's sad to say, but like, it was sad because I lost a little brother whenever I was five. But my other brother, he was handicapped. And like he got all the to- all the good toys, you know oh. what I'm saying? And like we didn't, and we and he wouldn't let nobody play with his toys, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like in a way, like I kind of resented him, like in a sense, because I'm like this motherfucker got he got the whole, he got a whole wrestling ring, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I just want a fucking wrestling man, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he got wrestling men and wrestling ring. But I don't know. I guess my mom showed more love to him for some reason i guess maybe they knew that he was gonna die at a young age yeah I think probably they didn't because ex- she knew he she was gonna get limited time with him yeah i guess so and i didn't even look at it that way 
I mean, yeah, took as a kid, I think it. So. I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. As a kid, that's normal. You just see another person getting more attention from the person who's supposed to think the world revolves around you. Yeah. So it's hard to realize at an early age that the world revolves around someone else who's got the same environment, but at the time you couldn't see that he had a lot more setbacks than you. I don't know. I just don't remember being smart enough to to look at the grieving process of my mom through that time, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that I think about it, like that's why my mom drank a lot. You know what I mean? Like, my yeah. Mom drank a lot. I don't know. I was a fucking little baby alcoholic too, cause they. But my aunts put the nipple on the, the little pony beers back in the days, and oh. hey, go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to bed. Wait, what year was that? Probably like 1980, 1981. Oh, okay, yeah, that checks out. I think that was way before like the whole fetal alcohol syndrome and like young drinking, how it affects people really like hit marketing and media. So like not people didn't really realize the effects of it. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Oh, I guess being growing up, being smart and kind of being hyper aware of how other people are dealing with things around you. It's so funny that you say I'm so smart to do that. But like as a kid, I struggled in academically so much. But I had I always say I had so much common sense and street smarts. And it was because my grandma always told me she was like, we have in like, almost like we're witches where you listen to that intuition you can see what's going to happen before it's going to happen to an extent and you know trust your gut and trust in the you know what you believe in and even my dad's like that too though he's a man but he's very witchy really i love how you use that term witch witch and did your grandma use that term as well yeah really dude i think that's so cool because usually like you know like witches are frowned upon you know what i mean like well yeah i do know what you mean because she was very catholic but she believed in that we have like this sixth sense sort of thing and i've even brought it up to my sister-in-law like you know we're witches and she's like don't say the word witch we're not witches we're sages like sage is someone who and she explained it to me a lot better than i'll ever be able to explain it because she understands it but it was more like witches was the bad thing where you like use spells and outside materials, but sage is like a sixth sense within you. Like you're kind of more connected to the universe. And I I never really believed what my grandma said about us having like a very strong intuition until I was in high school one day. And I'll never forget this day I was in speech class. And of course my little shit self had my phone in my backpack. And all of a sudden I was like, I need to check on pops. Who's my dad's dad. And I hadn't talked to him that day, hadn't talked to him the days before. My my dad hadn't told me anything about him, but I just felt like compelled to text my dad and say, house pops. So I texted him and he texted me back, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh, what is going on? He said he just got back from the doctor. They said his cancer's back. And I was like, what? And he was so mad at me. He called me. He was like, call me now. And he was like, how did you know he went to the doctor? No one told you he was going to the doctor. How'd you know it was going on? I said, I, dad, I stopped yelling at me. I just felt like I needed to check on him. And he was like, you're lying. You're, there's no way. He was so freaked out. And I was that's like, wild. I swear, I just had to check on him. That's so, that's so cool. Like I always said, like, like the heart, the heart and the mind will lie to you, but that gut Oh, it will never lie. It's yeah, it's it's real. But there's actually a couple books about like there's this. Oh my god, Jacqueline always talks to me about this book. It's um oh she's gonna kill me for not knowing the name of it. It's something about uh the wolves, women who run with wolves, and it's about being able to tap into your tuition and kind of cutting out your ego, like 
is it my ego or is it my intuition? And it kind of guides you on how the ego is very loud and aggressive and like in your face and like do this now. And it's like more of intrusive thoughts where the intuition is a very quiet, like little whisper. Yeah. And I, that it's helps cool. a lot. So, so speaking of that, look, I was on, a, I, I did a podcast with Brad and Candace a while back. Mm-hmm. And we I were just talking, talked to her the other day in the sauna. It's really? just so sweet. What? Man, both of them, like, oh my God, like cool, amazing people. But somehow the question of your internal dialogue came up. So I asked him, I, I said, man, like how many voices do you hear? So he's like, what the, what voices, Mo? Are you like, are you? And so I busted out laughing, like, no, like, I promise you I'm not fucking crazy. And I hear like four or five voices in my head, but like. You're you know like, that, but I do. <laughs> There's no, three same. for me. It's tells so you funny the you right say that. I feel do, like I have you know? three too. Yeah. It's at me three, yes. Because like but there's like sometimes he's... where like even on social media, I'll be scrolling something and what and if that ego voice is at the forefront, I'll be hating on the most petty shit in my head. Like, why would they do like judging? And then the second one will come in and be like, that is so like out of pocket please stop and then the third one will be like okay why did we feel that way towards that and like evaluate it you know yeah. that's so that's funny so cool. you say that you can you I mean? remember whenever you realized that you had those internal monologues like can you remember when that happened or has it always been ago. like that it's only been a couple of years ago to be honest with you yes i had i told and jacqueline like one said, day after i realized what my ego was I remember calling her one time and being like, I want to go back to sleep. I don't like being aware of this anymore. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> you want to go woke. back to sleep. Yeah. I don't want to be woke I like how you anymore. say that. This was so much easier to just be a naive bitch and like <laughs> not be self-aware of what I'm doing. Like I, I've been conscious <laughs> so of other people and how my actions affect other people, but to be conscious of my own thoughts and why they, why I think the way that I think, within the first year of doing it was so exhausting because it felt like it was mostly fueled by guilt until like I was able to break that guilt down. But it was exhausting feeling guilty all the time for the way that I thought and I wanted to just love me again and and just be me. But I didn't want to be that person who's like, that's just how I am. Like, I don't ever want to be like that again, because I used to and it's exhausting. That's that's so awesome. That's part of that growth journey that I think people are are scared to embark on you know because yeah i think that like with working out you know breaking down my ego made me be like why do i hate it so much why am i holding myself back what is keeping me here in this place that i am supposedly miserable in and (laughs) and then and then it's like once you go through it and you change those habits you're you you go back and you self-reflect like okay but why was i miserable there like it wasn't that bad you know, it's just this constant yeah. back and forth. It's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like, I think that's why we connect is because you're like, it's easier to talk to people who are self-aware when you're self-aware versus people who aren't self-aware and you feel like you can't really say what uh, you want to say. Yeah. Or even ask questions because. Yeah. Because you ask them a question and it's almost like antagonizing in a sense because yeah. they, they, they feel attacked in a mm-hmm. slight way because you know like they're like what the fuck like they don't know how to answer it because because like, it's a deep dark thought that they had in their brain and they probably asked a similar question one time and someone shamed it out of them yeah that's so true 
this, this like there's a, i feel like anytime anyone feels like they're being attacked there's just some shame behind it somewhere from someone yep. could have been shame. a kid a teacher a parent something or themselves yep. oh, media or, yep that's so true that, that that's all where it stems from you know it's crazy even with like binge eating and stuff people are like I had a question the other day about um, this girl recently lost a lot of weight and she dealt with binge eating and she recently went through an episode where she did. And I don't know if you are aware of what binge eating is or if your followers are, but it's basically whenever your brain just kind of turns off and you no longer feel that hunger sensation. So you can eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and and you don't ever feel satisfied. I do that shit all the time. Mm -hmm. You don't feel satisfied. Look, I ate ate nine, nine bags of hot fries the other night. Nine yeah, bags. <laughs> I was just, it's man, like this you so just have good. no awareness like, of how much you're eating and sometimes mm-hmm. it's you don't like you'll you'll eat say you eat nine bags of cheetos then you'll eat an, some ice cream then you'll eat a little bit of deli meat then you'll eat <laughs> some fruit then you'll fix a sandwich like it's just there's no stopping point like you you lose mm-hmm. that sense of hunger like satiation i guess but i had to tell I had to get on Instagram and say, like, you may have done really well at not dipping back into that habit, but it never goes away. Like, I still deal with it. I still will have days where I'll binge eat and I'll still have a little bit of guilt, like, behind it the day, like, the next day. And then it's just to be aware of that guilt, but not let it, like, sink me down and not give it control. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where, like, a lot of times people would self-sabotage because because that next day they'll feel like shit about doing that and then like before you know it the end of that same day they're doing doing it again you know what i mean and oh just, yeah dude we all like self-sabotage no 100 i think Look, that's why I, it's important to have people around you who you can talk to about the behaviors that you're thinking and participating and like saying this is what i want to do but i know that it's not going to benefit me but my brain's telling me that it's going to bring me some kind of comfort and they'll like check you out for me it's my sisters and they'll be like you're breaking generational trauma don't do that don't do it we're not doing that it's your generational trauma because i really do think cycles repeat themselves fully believe that and like i feel like we we mimic a lot of behaviors that our parents kept hidden from us because they were deep and dark and then we do them as we reach teenagehood and adulthood without even realizing that it's just programmed in our brain because it's been proven that like the trauma that your mom goes through while your egg, her eggs are in her will change your DNA to some extent. Or while you're pregnant, like if you go through high stress or anything like that, it it changes the baby, yes. like the way that the brain mm-hmm. make up. There's a, there's a lot more smarter way to say it, but it's very true. I listened to this uh, book called You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor. And in the book, he basically talks about how conditioning happens. Mm-hmm. And just talking about with babies, like how babies, they bite their finger, they're like, oh ow you know what i mean and then they realize it's their finger and he talks about like whenever babies first learn to eat they don't know to open up their mouth you're like open up you know and we start doing it and then then they'll mimic us oh yeah as we doing it you know what i mean but there's food coming all over the, all over their face you know what i mean yeah. but after a I little bit of practice they get better feed their babies because i did it and it's fun to see them do it now that i'm out of that space but you'll go to feed them and you don't even realize that you're going <laughs> Like while well, you know, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's so a funny. hard habit and, to break. Sometimes I'll yeah. still give Hunter something to eat, and I'm like, I'm "Like, girl, she knows how to eat. She's five. <laughs> but it's just That's so funny. in there. Well, actually, like de- doing what we're doing in the house now, like renovating it. So we're using old siding from the barn, and it looks rough. 
it needs to be cleaned. It needs to be painted. And we went to one of Hunter's friend's birthday parties. And she was like, do you think Claire's richer than us? And I was like, why? She said, just do you think she has a nicer house than us? And I said, we're rich. Like, we're rich. We have, think of all the amazing people who love you and go out of their way to make sure that you're happy or that they get to see you be happy or just enjoy your presence. And I was like, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of wood or what kind of house you have. Like, you're rich because you are so privileged to be able to think the way that you think, talk the way that you talk, have the experiences that you have. Like, I think my kids, they go to public school, but they're still kind of sheltered, like from a little bit of what most kids go to, because I try not to be like, others have it worse, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, you know, some kids don't have a mom who's going to pick them up and listen to their day or don't have brothers who can play Barbies with them. Like we're rich yeah. in experience. Like we're not broke and we're not poor, but rich in love too, we're rich you know? in love. Like, mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to break for me. I talked about that on TikTok, like moving into this old house whenever I was previously living in a very nice house and I've grown up in a very nice house. It was hard for me. My ego was like embarrassed to have people over what are people gonna think like our house is kind of falling apart it's dirty like whatever it humbled the shit out of me to realize that like a home is what you make it and you just you're you're rich for the fact that one we don't have a freaking mortgage two someone built this house with their hands to raise their family and thinking for generations i want my family to be here and here we are doing it like that is amazing yeah i do that look it's it's all about perspective and how you look at it. Oh you know my God, what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's another thing about being like woken up is realizing I've always heard um, put yourself in other people's shoes or um, yeah. whatever, but I never really grasped it as changing my own perspective, like thinking outside of myself. Like I could always kind of empathize with what other people were going through, but like how we talked about before about not being special, like, if, as long as you think that you're not special and you're no different than anyone, then it gives you an easier chance to understand their perspective of things. Not just be mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel bad for you, but really change your perspective to theirs. Mm-hmm. Paige taught me yeah. a lot about that. I'd call her and be like, this is what I want to say. And she's like, okay, well, think about what they're going through. And I'm like, God, you didn't have to do that. It would have been a lot easier <laughs> for me to just be a bitch. Come on, so- Paige. It, that is so true, man. Even somebody that that like robs a store of, or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, wait. You, yes, you have to watch this show. There's this show called Hijack, and I thought it was just gonna be a cool, like, fun action show. And these four people are hijacking this paint plane, and there's this one guy who's able to kind of get on their side and communicate with them. And at one point, one of the people are like, "Why are you helping them? Like, what are you doing?" And he's like, you don't know what they, how hard this must be for them to be doing this, that they feel that desperate, that they have to go through with this yeah. very intense thing. Like, you don't know what they're going through at home. And it turns out you learn that, like, their families are being threatened or they have no money. Like, they have absolutely nothing or someone's being, like, blackmailing them. But he... And I thought it was funny. It's so funny that you say that because I literally watched it last night and they were talking about it. And I was like, <laughs> that's so cool. Like you said, you you just never know what people are going through. You know what I mean? To What brings them to that level to do shit like that, you know? Yeah. And I, I, wow. it helps me a lot now to like connect with 
other people in my life, even my parents, like I can't imagine having to go through what they went through. So it helps me have a lot of like grace for the things that I went through. Like, I don't know. I don't think I can ever just take it personally anymore where before it was very easy for me to take it personally because my whole world revolved around me, you know? Yeah. Look, I get that. That's, that's, it's so good that you were able to, to wake up from that. You know what I mean? And not Mm -hmm. be bitter and mad and like resentful, you know, because I think that's what happens to a lot of people. Like they start blaming their circumstances and their shortcomings on a family member that caused them trauma you know what i mean and they never actually get to move forward from it because yeah that victim they're so mentality. pissed off and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. that's exactly what it is <laughs> yeah and i yeah. mean like like we said like i'm rich in the fact that i get to do dumb shit and fuck up and i have people around me who are willing to process it with me and understand why i did it and still love me through it you know and so how a lot of people sisters? don't have that how old are your sisters? Like, I love your sisters. How old are your sisters? I mean, Brandon's the main person who allows me to fuck up and get away with it and, like, process it and learn while I did it. And he's like, I understand that you're tapping into ways that you thought when you were younger. There's uh, so many people that I call my sisters because I don't have oh, any I real sisters. Oh, I got you. I got you. But okay. my sister-in-law is Paige, and she's 32. Okay. And then the Morales girls, I've been around since I... They lived right around the corner. And the older three took swimming lessons at my dad's house because our dads went to college together. And we clicked. I, we were five. Me and Jacqueline, the oldest one, she was six at the time. I was five. And we've been best friends ever since. And I stayed at her house. Her mom basically raised me. I go on all the family vacations. I go to Christmas. Uh-huh. So Jacqueline's uh, 31. And then Christina is 27. And then Maria is 22. And then Monica is actually turning one turning 21 next week That's so they're all cool. very like, close in age i love the younger kids these days that i've talked to are more aware self-aware than like oh they have some to be older at people, least my little sisters have to be crazy. because we shove it in their face like hey we're not gonna <laughs> yeah. be shitty people anymore we're gonna acknowledge how we act because two of them have kids they're all amazing they're all great talking to the doctor who did it and she was like talking about how different her two kids are One's older and one's younger. And she was like, it's so funny because, you know, they have the same parents. They grow up in the same house. And I said, yeah, but they didn't, though, because your first one gets all of your attention. The second one gets a little bit less attention. And you're also relearning how to do things and you're doing things differently. So they really don't No child gets the same parent ever. It's true. Even even if there's two of them, you get a completely different parent. Yeah, because you learn so much from the first one. You know what I mean? So you kind of have those expectations in a sense. So like, yeah. And like things change. You have to change the way that you parent and connect with a kid because they're not all the same. They're not extensions of you and they're not going to be identical. So you have to find ways that they communicate. So they do get different parts of you. I love that you were able to share that perspective with a doctor. Yeah, she really stopped and she was like, I never thought about that. I was like, yeah, 100%. Growing up, I would always be like, I don't want to go to school and deal with these people's bullshit. Like, it's stupid. I don't understand it. And I don't like this isn't tailored for the things that I want to learn. Why am I doing this? And like the people there are just awful. And he's like, look, you (laughs) to live in this world, you need a high school degree. And this whole thing is a game and you have to play the game and you can choose not to play the game, but you don't get to complain when things are harder for you because you're going against what they need you to do. So play the game, call them on their bullshit, but play the game. That way you can get ahead of them. He's always, like, I've always thought like that. That's cool. That's cool. And I tell my 11-year-old that. I'm like, look, you're in sixth grade. 
it's not cool to be smart. It's not cool to make good grades. It's cool to be a rebel and make bad grades. But after you graduate high school, you're going to go further than the people who just wanted to be cool. So you have to, and I, I, if, if 13 year old me could have heard myself say this because so many times my dad would say, just play the game. And I'd say, I don't want to play the fucking game. I hate this game. (laughs) And I'm sitting here telling my 11 year old, play the game. Yeah. Because it was so nice that my dad, even though we butted heads, he was able to say, yes, this is all bullshit. See it for what it is. Agree. Do with it what you, what you like. If you want to succeed and get anywhere, that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a big fairy tale where everything just works out. Like you do have to play the game. So, George, you have any like questions that you want to answer as far as you like your audience? I think motivation. A lot of people ask me how I keep motivation, and I wish I could hammer it into these people's brains that. It comes with action. So like telling yourself, let me go do something for five minutes. And then after five minutes, I'm not dead. I'll do five more minutes. That kind of thing. Learning that motivation is all bullshit and it's about self-discipline and learning how to create self-discipline. Everyone's always like, how did you become disciplined? Because I've never been a disciplined person. And for me, it's really just the second I make an excuse, I do whatever it is I'm trying to get out of immediately. You do the hardest thing first. And then that brought me motivation of like, oh, I can do this. Like, have you ever felt like that? Like, Yes, absolutely. I think that's like you just said, that's how you build resilience and belief in your own self that you can overcome the bullshit. You know what I mean? That's those limiting beliefs that makes you think that, oh, I can't do that. I can't do it. You know what I mean? But whenever you actually start doing it and make taking action like you just said before you know you're like fuck yeah like i'm a, I'm a fucking beast you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm killing this shit you know and, and it's normal and to like forget it again because then your mm-hmm. ego is gonna take over and you're gonna go home and think that you can't do it again like you have to keep proving it to yourself and i think that's one misconception that people have is they think that once they do it once it, it clicks and that it's easy after that and they do it forever but like I told you earlier, I wish I was like, I don't want to be awake anymore. I don't want to be woke. It's because you constantly have to fight your own thoughts. And I tell people Uh, that now, like if you have a goal, it's not going to be easy of losing weight and doing fitness. It's not going to be easy, but you just have to keep showing up even whenever you don't want to, because it just creates a habit. Yeah. It's it's like you said on, on, on our first episode too, where you said something about like, sometimes you forget who you are. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And like, but the more I, I figure, the more and more you do it, the better and better you get at it, right? No, you know, no, <laughs> you still have days. Huh? That's what I was trying to tell people. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I think it's if not... you go into it with this mentality that like, the more and more you do it, the less and less it happens. Then mm-hmm. whenever it keeps happening at the same frequency, you get disappointed and you feel like something's wrong with you and you're broken and you're not cut out for it. But really, it's normal, like because. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what book it is, but it talks about how the way that we were programmed as kids is almost like this CD in your frontal lobe. And as you get older, it's like the rest of your brain turns on and you can overcome that CD and you don't do those same behaviors that you've learned don't work for you. But whenever you're stressed, you're tired, you're disappointed, you're let down that CD clicks on and you go back to doing the same old shit. And that CD is always going to be there. It's always going to turn on. So it's being able to learn how to get past it. But if you think that that CD is not going to turn back on, then you're going to get disappointed. 
that and you, you get discouraged and that that's what mm-hmm. holds everyone back is mm-hmm. being discouraged and disappointed I, I about feel everything. That, man. I feel that a lot because I, I can go like two week good high vibrations, right? And then like one day something, I don't even know what the hell happens. Something just brings me down and I'm like, fuck. And then like I have to oh, pull dude, myself yeah. back out of, out of that mud, you know what I mean? And it's... It's a process, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like and it you said, sucks when like you that can that like be aware that it's happening and you're like, no, this isn't real. <laughs> right. I had to call Brandon last yeah. week and uh, I was like, I'm I'm having a hard time. And he was like, why? I said, for no reason. And I know that I, I, it sucks that I know it's for no reason now because before I could have found one thing and pinpointed it and been pissed off at it. And that was easier. But to be right. aware that it's just yeah, like, like I'm ju- it's just your brain telling from? you right. everything's like you're, I had learning that my brain was my biggest enemy was the most humbling thing ever. But yeah, it, it's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. It's what gives you power. <laughs> yeah. What, what makes you strong now and keeps you going and keeps you. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Love it. it really does.